You are listening to Open Science Talk, the podcast about, well, open science. This is episode 19, and today we are talking about how to give proper information to PhD candidates and early career researchers in a time of transition where old practices in science and open science might be conflicting. Today's guest is Torstein Log, psychologist and senior academic librarian at the University Library at UIT, the Arctic University of Norway. He is also one of the editors of the web resource phdontrack.net. Uh, Torstein Log, uh, welcome to Open Science Talk. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. So I've invited you to uh, the podcast to talk about this uh, site you're, you run called the PhD on Track, and it's a uh, relationship to open science. But first of all, you have to explain uh, to us what kind of site this is. It is uh, simply a website. Uh, so it's, it's, it hasn't got very many fancy interactive things or videos or anything. It's more a traditional website. Um, and its main target audience uh, are PhD students and early career researchers. Uh, and the site has a lot of information about the things that PhD candidates need to know, but that typically can be a little bit hard to find or anyway that ten, tends to be spread out uh, in, in, in many different sources and, and not collected all in one place. So it can be things like um, how to find, monitor and manage the scholarly literature that you need to relate to that's relevant for, um, for your own PhD research. Uh, it contains information about rules and ethics around co-authorship, uh, about reusing other people's work in your own work, how to choose a publication channel, um, about how citation-based metrics of impact are calculated and used and sometimes misused, and many other uh, things like this, things that deal with what goes on around the research itself. So, uh, so I'm guessing that the background for creating this site was that information was spread all over the place and you wanted to, to uh, collect them all. That's right. Uh, and also, it, it's, I mean, the, the, there are six Norwegian institutions that are behind the website and, uh, and the editors are, are representatives of those six institutions uh, and, and the university libraries at those institutions are behind the website. And so... It, it reflects uh, the kinds of issues and questions that we that work as academic libra librarians at Norwegian higher education institutions find that PhD candidates often ask us for guidance on. So it can be things related to writing or, or all, all of these other topics that I mentioned uh, around doing the science itself. So is this site modeled on a, on a service that you see internationally or, or is this like uh, a product that's, uh, that, that you see a use of in, in Norway specifically? I think it's probably uh, similar or anyway, the topics that it deals with tend to uh, center around the things that most academic librarians provide support on for for their researchers and especially their 
their PhD candidates and younger researchers. So uh, I think it will have the same kinds of topics, but some of the details are specific to a Norwegian context. So, so um, for instance, the Norwegian Science Indicator, which is a system that's used here to to uh, to measure um, science output and, and redistribute some of the funds to the institutions, so that that would have details that are specific to the Norwegian context. But but the the overarching topic of that, which is how is how is science evaluated and how should it be evaluated, that would be something that many PhD candidates would uh, would have questions about, and and um, uh, and it's something that we often. Um, are asked for guidance on at uh, at academic libraries around the world, I should think. Yes. Um, I mentioned that open science is a large part of this site. Um, uh, why is that? So I think there is a short answer to that question. And the short answer is that you can't avoid that now because, because open science is increasingly becoming part of how science is done. And so it has to be there. Uh, but in terms of when when we think about who's our target audience, I think one one of the things that we want to achieve is to to help students navigate what is sometimes a, conf- a bit of a confusing landscape. And the reason why it may seem confusing at this time is because I think we're in a time where where science is changing. So we've been used to doing things in in certain ways and now the open science movement introduces new ways of doing things. Uh, And so that creates sort of a tension between between habits, long established habits and and new practices. And I think that that can be that can be confusing for uh, for new researchers. So um, so that's that's another reason that open science plays a large part in this. So open science is also a, a, some sort of a political statement, right? So what kind of uh, what kind of reactions have you gotten from the academic community by introducing open science uh, as, as a part of this uh, information uh, that, that you do? So we, we've um, I've tried to ask some of the both researchers and, and PhD students that have used the the site and I've asked them I've asked them also specifically um, is it is it too much open science are we sort of are we campaigning <laughs> too much for open science or or does it have the the balance that we want it to have because that we do want it to have a balance and um, so we we are concerned that we might be uh, sort of uh, steamrolling people with with propaganda for open science that's not our intention really but we also um, because we are aware that students are in this sort of double bind between old traditions and new ways of doing things and and um, are unsure which way to go, we try to provide balanced information so that they they know about what might be conflicting demands. So so case in point, for instance, in the in the um, Norwegian uh, system, uh, the the science uh, indicator, uh, that's the basis for redistribution of funds to institutions. Um, there's a there's a system of evaluation that's based on on two levels, um, and and these two levels again are to simplify a little bit, basically based on on journal prestige, and at the same time, institutions and funders and authorities are saying. We want you to publish open access, and these two um, these two demands are in opposition. 
because there are very few uh, open access uh, journals that are um, level two journals that that have this high prestige. So so this uh, or or anyway, they're perceived to be in conflict, and and I think in part they are. So we can't say you sh you have to do this or you have to do this, but we want to make it clear that this 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 is the situation, and so we want to provide information, but we want. Uh, I mean, PhD candidates tend to be intelligent, uh, independent people. So, so the, the goal isn't to persuade them to do anything in particular, just to make them aware of of the things that are that are out there and and the way it seems as if things are moving. But have you gotten any criticism from uh, more established scientists or uh, or universities that that have different? Uh, policies or, or that want to do these prestige uh, publications? No, not criticism as such, I think, but they are aware of the of the tension between uh, between these two things, for instance. So um, and and they, they're concerned about this for their, the PhD students that they that they supervise some of them. So, but again, um, and and so in in the section where we where we deal with how research is evaluated, we, we write extensively on on citation based uh, metrics of so called impact, for instance. But we do make sure that we also mention the ways in which these measures are criticized, the ways in which you could argue that they're being misused, and that there are now important. Uh, movements uh, that that look at ways to do broader and fairer uh, research assessment. So, for instance, the the San Francisco Declaration on Research Assessment is is more prominently featured uh, in the section where we deal with with how research is evaluated. And so, we we try to provide the information that they would need in order to to think about these things, so they don't. Uh, you know, uh, accidentally miss a step, but we I, we try to avoid doing propaganda. Uh, I think um, what we hear from senior researchers is that they share the same concern because they do see that it's a dilemma um, for 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 many. So, uh, but we haven't we haven't uh, we haven't been accused of doing propaganda by anyone so far. We haven't. No. Um Okay, let's talk uh, a bit about this period we're in right now because we see a lot of different methods of doing things and, and ways of doing publications. And I know that you have uh, sections on uh, preprints, for instance. Uh, do you incorporate uh, all these new, uh, or I say new in quotation marks, uh, trends in the site? Uh, do you discuss them beforehand? How is this process? Yes. So, so the site was launched in 2013, the first time, if I recall correctly, and and for a while it was sort of it was um, it was um, mostly the same for for quite a few years, and then we've revised it uh, quite heavily, quite recently, because. So many things have happened since then, but we do we realize at this point that we we can't sort of leave it for another three or four years without doing many changes because things are happening so very rapidly now. We'd we'd done a lot of work revising it, uh, and on um, one week and and on the final day of that week, we we learned about Plan S. So you know, from one day to another, uh, the landscape changes uh, <laughs> completely. So so we have to keep an eye on on what's going on 
at this moment. So we see, for instance, that there's a trend towards using more preprint in many disciplines. And so, so we intend to expand um, and, and write some more uh, about preprints and how that fits into the whole publication process and what advantages there might be to publishing a preprint. Um, and and uh, there are other examples of things happening quickly in Norway. We've, we've come to new agreements with some of the major publishers that has consequences for uh, how you publish open access and how you find out uh, which journals you can publish in open access. So, so many of these details change and we have to, that, that's hard because we also have to find a balance between at what level of detail do we want to, to provide information uh, in order to not have to change it every single day, but still provide enough information that is relevant and timely. So we do have to, to, um, to probably revise it a bit more often um, and, and in smaller steps than, than previously. Thorstein Lorg, it has been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Hi, everyone. Remember to sign up for our newsletter. And if you have good ideas of topics we should address, send us an email or message us on Twitter. Thanks for listening. <laughs>